0: I love this picture. We are a different kind of people. A bunch of penguin chicks who are born totally unremarkable in terms of their plumage. brown A sea of brown. You've seen the nature programs, haven't you? Where just all these chicks huddled together with their fluffy um, warmth, uh, but huddling together for extra warmth, just fat. You know, that is what they mostly are. And this particular picture has just got this one I believe it 's an emperor penguin might be a king who knows um, is uh, is stood there in his full adult plumage, um, looking like a well made up guy on a uh, um, you know uh, at an important event in his tuxedo stood there standing out the search for this picture was stand out like a sore thumb uh, turns out not as globally um, accepted as a, as a turn of phrase, as we might think, standing out like a sore thumb. Uh, one of those British uh, idioms, you know, one of those things that we, uh, we take for granted that everyone will understand that. No, but uh, at least something came up. And the title of the talk is, We Are a Different Kind of People. And when I was thinking about this topic, I remembered a verse that I had taken to heart as a youngster and thought I'd try and find it. And I had some difficulty Something to do with Christians being a bit odd. But I found it. And here it is. 1 Peter 2, 9 to 11. I'm using the King James Version because this is the only place this word is used. And it says, But ye, that's you, are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, an holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should shew forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvellous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you, not thee, you, as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Interesting Don't worry. The NIV uh, is coming up in a moment. But I always remembered we are a peculiar people. And I took that to heart and I tried to live that out as much as possible in many areas of my life. And I've told you before that my nickname amongst a small group of friends was Fletch. From Fletcher Christian from Mutiny on the Bounty because I was the only Christian they knew. And so Fletch I was a peculiar people. I was very strange. I was a bit odd. And I thought that being a peculiar people, that this verse was encouraging a certain amount of strangeness amongst us. (laughs) Turns out, peculiar has more than one meaning. So, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession Seems like someone's done some uh, artistic license with the translation there, doesn't it? We'll come on to that. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. And moving on, of course you're going to, if someone tells you that peculiar has multiple meanings, you're going to Google search it and find the uh, dictionary definitions. And we've got here the bottom one, no longer used particularly, but peculiar means Belonging exclusively to. For instance, some languages are peculiar to one region. It doesn't mean they're a bit odd in that region, like English in Scotland. It's not that. It's more that some languages are particular and exclusively belonging to a particular region. No one else speaks it. So if we are a peculiar people, I love this, we belong exclusively to god christians are peculiar in that we are only that we are the only ones who belong to god but also from our own standpoint we peculiarly Belong to God. It should be an exclusive thing. And Jesus talked time and time and again about how you cannot worship both God and money. Once you were an old creation, now you are a new creation, totally born again, not just altered, but you know changed fundamentally, start afresh, um, that once you are in darkness, now you're brought out into light. It's a different thing. It's a hard line. It's a contrast. You are exclusively belonging to God. At which point there is, you know, party poppers and whoops and amens from the congregation because uh, we can edit that out if you like, Neil, all the, all the noise. Because um, it's a different thing it's, it, is, it is an amazing thing. Our salvation, and we take it for granted so much, do we not? Once it's there and you've lived with it for a number of years, you're like, yeah, that's still there. I'm still saved. Amazing. But also, every day, you're still saved. And that's amazing. They say you don't miss something till it's gone. And my prayer for all of you is that you never have to miss your salvation because you think it's gone. You know, I don't want you to come back to God um, if you're already with God, and so there's no there's no um, you know desire to uh, to conjure up some feelings of um, of gratitude for something that you are living with on a daily basis. But sometimes it's a really good thing, is it not, just to reflect and say, you know what? Here's what my salvation still means to me. Here's where my salvation has come from, and Here's what God is in my life. And just to take stock, to think. Yeah? Yep. Like a like a renewing of vows, maybe. You know, um sometimes people renew vows if there's been a uh an issue in the relationship and there's a recommittal. But at other times it's it's like you want to celebrate your like twenty five or fifty years together or something, um, just with a w- w- this is still the case. We've still got our vows, we want to we want to just declare them again. You know, and you can do that. You'll vow your oath to God. You're giving over your life to him. You can declare it again. And that's awesome. So that's my sort of intro text. My actual text is 1 Peter 2, 9 to 11. Oh, we did that one. Yeah. Next one, Ephesians 4. My actual text is Ephesians 4, 17 to 24. Ephesians 4, 17 to 24. Um, when you come to think of you know, what you've heard today, go, go back to this passage. You'll get so much more out of it than I'm able to present to you today. I, I'm really focusing on just a single aspect, but there's so much in these seven verses, um, eight actually inclusive. Um, and so we can, you know, I'll read it to you. And then I'll focus on one thing, and you will say to me at the end, oh, but you could have mentioned this, and but surely there's this and this. Yeah, absolutely. Take it. Inspire your, your reading uh, for yourself. So I tell you this, and insist on it, in the Lord. Wow. Paul, he's not just saying something here. He's insisting on it. And he's not just insisting on it because he's come up with a good idea. He's insisting on it in the Lord. Let's take notice of what he's so insistent about. That you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity They have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And it was only a few weeks ago that we were finishing off the, uh, the previous series on growth and I talked about uh, growth means change and there's echoes of that uh, within this and I talked about how we are called to be pure just as your, are holy just as your father is holy and this is a, a very similar uh, kind of sentiment put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness so I want to talk about difference because we are called to be a different people in two areas. And I think they're fairly obvious. Difference individually. In your own context, in your, in your workplace, in your family. Um, however you find yourself to be uh, different from others because of what God's done for you. You are called to that difference. But also, as a, as a church, as a people, as a family here, we are called to be different. Take a moment to look around. We are very different amongst us. We are, no, you actually can turn around and have a look. Um, Seriously. (laughs) and Let's pick out those people with whom you would probably find some sort of connection outside of the church context. You can identify them. You know, who, who might you naturally be friends with? And there might be actually quite a small number. Where would our paths have crossed if it weren't for church? Well, we might work together, but would we hang out after work? Um, or we might we might have a couple of similar interests, and so we might join the same sort of club with all that free time that comes from not, um, you know, doing church. Um, so, you know, what? How would your paths? How would your paths cross? And and to be honest, you know, it's by no means by way of an insult, there are many amongst us here who I probably wouldn't run the same circles with. Uh, like literally probably run the same circles to some extent. Um, but, and that's, that's by no means a bad thing because my life is made better for getting to know some people that I wouldn't ordinarily get to know. To do serious things and to do the business of God in our community with people that I wouldn't ordinarily have contact with. My life is made richer for you guys, so thank you. And hopefully we can approach each other with that sort of um, mentality, and that's different. That's countercultural. You know, you're, you're told in the self-help books to make sure that you uh, engage in those people who uh, who share your interests and, and encourage you and give you life. Hopefully, we are engaging with people who don't share the same interests, other than that which is central to our core and our being, and we can encourage each other and give each other life. You know, it's um hobbies aren't everything are they no they're not he tells himself no they're not by the way on the on the subject of hobbies uh increasingly over the course of the next few um weeks and months you you might hear me mention that i'm running the london marathon this uh this year yeah, um, having been rejected many, many times in the ballot, uh, this year I got rejected again, uh, but found a friend who was, uh, who's been given their, he runs a charity, lives in Romsey near my parents, runs a charity, um, and they've been given their first charity place for that, and so he's given it to me to be able to experiment with. Um, and given that it's a charity place, I'm raising money, so uh, that's why you'll hear about it. I'll give out little bits of paper with a link on, you can get online. you can anyway, or not your choice. Uh, no judgments will be made. <laughs> right, moving on. So we are different. Um, I'm going to leave this up for, for a fair while uh, because there's some interesting questions here. When I say we're different, different is a comparison word. If I said that we are better, you go uh better than when better than who what what are you talking about you know different is a comparison so different to who why are we different and how should we do this so uh, here's a very simple way of looking at different to who ladies and gents gcc we are different to um everyone Uh, That's nice and easy isn't it (laughs) the world different to each other as well to some extent but We know that when we give our lives to Jesus, we pledge our whole selves to him. And the verse that we've just read talks about putting on our new self, uh, being born again, uh, becoming a new creation. And that is Jesus really ramming home the idea that, um, that you are different once you engage in this. You are different. Now I was really young when when I gave my life to Jesus. Uh, my parents led the church. I was in, and it was always in conversation. And then I decided um, about the age of, I think about the age of ten, um, might have been earlier. And because it was young, you know, I, I haven't got this this hard and fast moment of uh, my life was once this and now it's this, and uh, and so that conversion experience um that says you know i am different because i used to do this and now i do this well for me it's i used to suck my thumb and now i don't i used to have a collection of teddies that took me a while to give those up (laughs) and it wasn't due to being a new creation um but I can talk about how I'm different on an ongoing basis to where the world would want to put me and where where expectations cultural expectations would kind of encourage me to be you know sometimes in the workplace um I do things for others because it would benefit them and benefit the benefit the the school and uh, and people are like more like well seriously you and this other guy—you went for an interview for the same role. He got it. Why are you now, you know, helping him in the thing that, that that he's doing that you could have been doing? Surely you should be undermining him so that you can you can go for the promotion next time it's available. Oh, I hate that. You know that cutthroat world of actually—you've got to make yourself stand out by being uh, by being mean to others, um, even in a you know, oh, really nice and oh. That, Politics, office politics. Um, but we, we're better than that. And that's a difficult thing to say. We are better than that. We are. Ho-